Welcome to the Cougar Tailgate, where BYU fandom lives. Here's your host, Lauren McClain. What's up, Cougar Nation? Lauren McClain here with Cleon Wall, and we're doing what we do best, talking all things BYU Cougars. Here's what we got coming up on the show today. Football is back. Woohoo! We'll talk about how much weight we should put on what happens during these spring practices. Plus, BYU softball's best batter, Maddie Bejarano, comes on to talk about their hot start to the season, her go-to karaoke song, and how being a black belt in karate helps her ball skills. But first, for the men's and women's basketball teams, the WCC is a thing of the past. We'll talk about how BYU measured up the past 12 seasons and what we'll miss about the West Coast Conference. Cleon, in your opinion, who was the best basketball player to come through BYU in the WCC era? I, I would probably go Yoli Childs or Eric Mika. And the only reason I say one of those two guys is just because they spent their entire BYU career playing in the West Coast Conference. Okay. So I'd probably say one of those two guys. Yeah, the, yeah, the more I think about it, I'd probably go with one of those two guys. So you're putting the kibosh on my pick, which is Tyler Hawes, because he played in the Mount West Conference as well. Yeah, I, he and Kyle Collinsworth. I mean, they. Yeah. I, I mean, for me, maybe I threw their candidacy out because they played one season. Did they both play one season in the Mount West Conference? I think they did. No, I think, I think more than one. I think I think Tyler Hawes played a couple of seasons. He played one season in the Mount West Conference. I know Tyler played one in the Mount West Conference, yes. went on his mission, and when he came And then home, the rest was in the WCC. Yeah, so that's maybe why I threw his candidacy out, because he didn't play the entire time. But he did play three years. He did break the scoring record for BYU while yeah, he's in BYU's the West Coast all-time Conference. all-time leading scorer. I, Tyler Hawes! Yeah, I, I can see where you're going, but I'm still going to go with Yoli or Eric just because they spent their entire time in the West Coast Conference. Yeah, that makes sense. And and like I said, Kyle Collinsworth is definitely up there as well. The men's basketball team filled a number 1 seed, St. Mary's, in the semifinals of the WCC tournament. Rudy Williams and Spencer Johnson both played three very solid games. Spencer is shooting 46% from the three-point range, which is the 12th highest in a single season in program history. Rudy had a game-high 23 points against LMU. Cleon, BYU never won a WCC regular season championship or a WCC tournament title during its 12 years in the conference. Was BYU basketball's time in the WCC a disappointment because of that? I would say yes. I mean, I loved BYU being in the WCC, but I would say yes. Think about it. 12 years and you didn't capture at least one of those two things, either a regular season title or a conference tournament title. To me, they had the guys that they could have done this. I mean, we mentioned a couple of them. We have Yoli Childs. We have TJ Haas, Nick Emery, Eric Mika. If we go back even further, you got Noah Hartsock, Matt Carlino, Brandon Davies. These are good players. Alex Barcelo in recent memory. Yeah, exactly. These are good players who played professionally. So it's not like they're a bunch of chumps who haven't done things. Uh, Maybe not all of them have played professionally, but... At least as far as I know, the guys I mentioned, all of them at least for a short time played professionally. They're not NBA players, but they're good program players. They're good college basketball players. For a mid-major conference as well. Exactly, exactly. You come from the Mountain West Conference where you had success there and you won uh, regular season titles there. You were really good. And and they were playing teams like San Diego State who had Kawhi Leonard Mm -hmm. who ends up being Mm -hmm. an NBA champion. I mean, they, they played really good programs over there. And they won regular season titles, and they won conference championships. Not a lot, but mainly regular season titles. Right. (laughs) So (laughs) you would think that in that 12-year span, they would be able to get one. One out of 12. It really is kind of mind-boggling when you think about it, because BYU had a great team coming into the WCC. They were a great program. They just came off the Sweet 16 with Jimmer Fredette, you know, and they're coming into this West Coast Conference, and you're like, oh, they're going to be the team. 
besides Gonzaga, right? Or they're going to be right up there with Gonzaga. BYU got close to the championship game several times, but they just could not get past Gonzaga and, and usually St. Mary's as well. What's disappointing is BYU was supposed to be the next Gonzaga. They were supposed to be just as good as the Zags, and they had 12 years to try and find the right formula, which the uh, which I just give so much respect to Mark Few with which he what he did with Gonzaga. This this small school in the middle of Washington, and he can bring in these NBA players. Honestly, it's it's really incredible what he's done. I, I was really hoping BYU could do the same thing. What's hard is BYU is a hard place to recruit because it's not going to be and it's not going to be any easier being <laughs> the Big Twelve, meaning the aspects that make it a hard place to recruit are going to stay the same, and that's the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints and all the standards and everything and the honor code that come along with it. Um, I don't know. It, I, it is. It was disappointing, and it's a little bit scary for me, Cleon, thinking of going into the Big 12 because the talent just increases from the WCC where BYU could not could not get a championship game, and then they're going to go to these, these national powerhouses, so... They're going to have to figure something out quickly because ready or not, here comes the Big 12. On the women's side, Nani Falatea and Emma Calvert played great in the WCC tournament alongside the no-brainer, Lauren Gustin. Lauren Gustin set a career high and WCC high of 27 rebounds against USF. She's the first player in NCAA men and women's to reach 400 and now 500 points and rebounds. She was on the WCC All-Tourney team, still first in the country for rebounds. I love this. At 60.6 points per game, an entire rebound ahead of number two, and four ahead of three, four, and five. She just has been incredible for the women's basketball team. Emma Calvert hit five threes against USF, finishing with 17 points and four rebounds. Uh, the first season in the Amber Whiting era comes to an end. They finished 16-16 and 16 and 9-9 nine and nine in conference play. Cleon, is that better, worse, or about where we expected them to be by the end of the season? First of all, I think you like Lauren Gustin because you two share the same first name. Share the same name, absolutely. Share this and the same athletic ability, I might say. (laughs) Just kidding. Uh, Yeah, I question that. (laughs) Uh, Do I think better, worse, or where we expected? I'm going to go with a bit better than expected. Um, I looked at this team compared to last year's team. I'm like, where are they going to get the points from? Yeah. With so many of those girls leaving who were so good for the team, I'm like, where are they going to get points? To be able to go 500 on the season and go 500 in conference, I'm going to say they actually beat expectations. Uh, Lauren Gustin turned into a star. Yeah. Uh, Does she still need to work on some things? Yes. Yes, I think she does. But she rebounds very well, and that's a skill that's it's not really even a skill. It's just hustle. She knows how to hustle, and she turned hustling into a star. She did more than that, and I think she needs to work on some things offensively. I think she would say the same thing, too. Uh, Nani Falatea can be a star. She has the makeup of being a star. She's putting in her time. I think it'll happen. I think they have a few other good role players. Kaylee Smiler, defense and shooting. Ariel Mackey-Williams, defensive shooting. They fit their roles more. I think they just need a few more people who can handle the ball, too, and maybe one or two others who can rebound along with Lauren and take some of that pressure off of her. We talked to Amber Whiting recently, and she's like, yeah, I really want Lauren Gustin to come back for one more year because the recruiting class that is coming in is going to be stacked. There's going to be some really good freshmen coming in, so I hope she stays as well. Uh, That's a pretty good-looking record, even though I'm sure it's not the one they really wanted. You don't want to be batting... You don't want to be 50%, you know, but 16, 16, 9, and 9, it just looks really nice. I thought 
that's where about where they'd be after losing, like you mentioned, so much star power from last year. Thank heavens for Lauren Gus and her ability. She held that team together throughout the entire season. They're young and they still have a lot of growth. And like I said, they're getting a stacked recruiting class next season. I think the ceiling is really high for Amber Whiting and her future with the program. Cleon, like we talked about, it's an end of an era. What will you miss most, if anything, about the West Coast Conference? Well, I'm I'm a West Coast guy. I, I've lived in Utah the majority of my life, but I've also lived in the state of Oregon. So I'm going to miss playing on the West Coast. Okay, I, I like that they went to California. I like they went to Oregon. I like that they went to the state of Washington. I'll miss Gonzaga and St. Mary's. Uh, I, I like those matchups every every single year because they're smaller schools who play above the stature of their size. Right. And I just have so much respect for both of their coaches and their programs. Um, but I think that's about it. Yeah. Uh, I, I'm not trying to be mean to the other schools. No offense to the Portlands, the San Diegos, the LMUs. It was fun playing against those teams. But, you know, I, I'm really not going to miss BYU playing those teams when you think of big victories that BYU's had in the West Coast Conference, you don't say, hey, they beat LMU. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. that's a Santa Clara, by the way, is on the rise. I think Herb Sendek has some good things going on there. But sadly, with the West Coast Conference, like with a lot of smaller schools, you find that their coach does well and they get plucked by a bigger exactly. school. Yep. And I think that's what you find. You either find that the coach gets fired because they're not performing well enough or the coach does well and a bigger school comes They're in and gone. says, we're going to offer you a grundle of money, and they leave. Yeah. I'm going to miss that uh, BYU TV got to do a ton of those games. <laughs> that good. was so yes. much fun. I had so much fun just in my career being able to sideline the West Coast Conference games. Uh, and then sadly, that's coming to an end. And I, I think I'll miss consistently being one of the top dogs in a small conference. So we did mention that BYU did not live up to their expectations in, in the West Coast Conference. But apart from this season, they were consistently one of the top three. Yeah. And really, truly... I mean, I, I would feel like BYU and St. Mary's battled for that number two spot consistently, and I think that was really fun. Um, but listen, it's not enough for me not to want to join the Big 12. The Big 12 scares me, but it's a good scared. And I'm ready for a new adventure, Cleon. We had a great relationship with the WCC. I'm grateful for our time together. This is what I said when I'd break up with people. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> and now there's, it's not you, it's, it's me. It's not you, it's me. It's us. Uh, but now there's some bigger fish to fry, and that is the Big 12. Spring football is upon us, and there's a lot to talk about. Defensive coordinator Jaya Hill and other new defensive assistants and the impact they're making on the defensive side, implementing their own schemes. There's to talk about how Keaton Slovis and Jake Retzloff are adjusting to Provo and the offense, which players are going to make the two deep, which is what Kalani said will be the goal for these spring practices. With all that being said... Cleon, how much weight do you put on what happens during these spring practices? I think there's weight there. I think it's it's building the program up again. Um, I think spring practice is all about getting to know you. You know, just like in the musical The King and I. You know, getting to know you, getting, <laughs> getting to know, know all, all about, about you. you. Yeah, don't you love when I bring Broadway and football together? I do, I love it. Uh, for Jay Hell, it's getting to know I don't us. know many that do that, by the way. But I, I, I try. I, I try to <laughs> meld the two together. Uh, for Jay Hill, it's getting to know his defensive players and staff, seeing what they can do uh, what they can do for him. For the defense, it's getting to understand his new system. So it's it's that's the getting to know you process. For offensive coordinator Aaron Roderick, it's getting to know his weapons. You know, Keaton yeah. Slovis, Aiden Robbins. What can I do with these guys? What can I do with the receivers now that I don't have Gunnar Romney and Puka Nakua? Um, getting to know his offensive linemen to see what they can give him. And I, I think that they need this getting to know pro, getting to know you process now 
do that now so that when the fall comes, it's just tweaking things. It's like, okay, let's just tweak this here. Let's tweak this here that the foundation is already there. Yeah, I think it's fun and exciting. And I'm not going to tell fans not to get excited. Any news about football gets us excited and it's ever increased with the prospect of heading to the Big 12 in the fall. However, oftentimes in spring, guys are being put at different positions to see how they fare, and there is some experimentation going on. So things are evolving and may not turn out to be in the fall exactly how you see them in the spring. That's why I'm like, like settle down just there when you're watching the team in spring practices because that's not exactly how it's going to look in the fall. Also, the defense is brand new, so they might get worked by the established offense during spring drills until they figure everything out. Like, you look at some of the, like, 7-on-7 seven seven drills or 11-on-11, 11 11, and you're like, oh, man, the offense just killed the defense. We're going to have a terrible defense or vice versa. You know, we're going to have an amazing offense. That's not necessarily how it's going to be. Um, but it's just fun to see the guys back in action again and putting in work. Softball and baseball are also underway right now, which we'll talk more about after the break, but one of my favorite parts of going to baseball and softball games is hearing which walk-up song the player chooses. Cleon, what would be your walk-up song? Okay, I have three. Uh, Don't Stop Believing by Journey. That just that song gets Don't me going. Don't Stop Classic. Yeah, uh, Beautiful Day by U2. How does that one go? It's a beautiful day. Oh, Don't that would let be your walk-up song? Yeah, why okay. not? Yeah, I like you too, so All that's right. why. Uh, last one, um, I'm going to rip this off from a former Major League Baseball player, Careless Whisper by George Michael. <laughs> yes, there was a Major League Baseball <laughs> player probably within the past 10 years who did this, and I'm just like, oh, that's awesome. Yeah, I would totally use you're that You're going to make everyone song. fall asleep while you're walking no, up to the plate. No, it's awesome. I mean, everyone's just going to be like, Oh, this song is so touching. Anyway, honorable mention. Another's tearing up as you're you're about to go up to bat. Another uh, honorable mention. Another brick in the wall by Pink Floyd because my last name is Wall. So there. Ah, that's a good one. All right, number one for me is Self Esteem by The Offspring. You remember that one? Na 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 na. Oh well. You're like, please stop singing that. I I'm all about a good intro because that's the only part of the song that you're gonna hear. Another one is Runaway Train by Cam. I bet you've never heard that, but incredible nope. intro and let's go by trick daddy featuring little john let's go if you wanna you could get a leopard now anyway i i'm wow. the opposite of you cleon i like to get a little bit pumped up when i'm about to uh do something Come athletic on, careless so, whisper i mean that just yeah. that tells me i'm just like i'm relaxed i'm gonna get a base hit right here see i like to get angry <laughs> Angry. Oh, is, angry, is what angry me, me is not good when I play sports. That's <laughs> that usually leads to poor performance. Oh man! All right. Speaking of coming up, BYU's black belt outfielder Maddie Bejarano joins us to chat all things from softball to walk-up songs to karaoke. This is Cougar Tailgate. Back to Cougar Tailgate, I'm Lauren McLean alongside Cleon Wall. BYU's softball team is currently 11-6 and and on a three-game winning streak. Joining us now is Arizona native UCF transfer and the gal with the best batting average on the team currently hitting 400, Maddie Bejarano. Thanks for coming on with us, Maddie. Hi, thank you guys so much for having me. I'm so excited. You guys have had uh, an incredible start to the season. You spent three seasons with the UCF Knights in Florida, and then you transferred to BYU in the fall of 2022. What sold you on BYU once you entered the transfer portal? Well, it was super important to me to find somewhere back on the West Coast. Um, Since I am from Arizona, I have uh, two younger brothers and two loving parents. I have another younger brother 
he is eight or just turned 19 actually he has down syndrome so just being able to get close to home and I wanted to be in a program that was super family oriented and I had a few other schools looking at me and I decided to take uh, BYU as my first visit and when I tell you when I I think you can even ask coach Eakin when I like halfway through my visit I was just like get me here. I'll sign whatever papers I got to <laughs> sign. I want to come here. Like, I don't care about going on any, any other visits. Like I just knew I had a gut feeling. It's so family oriented here. The coaches care so much about us. I've never played for such caring coaches in my life before. Uh, well, obviously Todd, because Todd was my old club coach. So I played for him, but um, it's just such a great program. Like you can just tell I was invited by the girls. Like they just took me in, took me under their wing, was so welcoming. And I, I was just sold the moment I was, I set foot on campus. I just knew had a gut feeling. I, I don't want to besmirch the other programs that were recruiting you when you came out of UCF, but what were some of those other programs that were looking at you? Um, I had Cal State, Ber- or Cal State Berkeley, I think that's what it was called. Um, I had Long Beach State and just a other few, some on the East Coast, but obviously I wasn't even wanting to stay back on the East Coast. So, so you you grew up in Arizona and then you went to mm-hmm. school in Orlando. How have you yes. liked the Provo weather, which is very different from what you're used to? <laughs> right. I actually get that question a lot. When I was first <laughs> entering, getting recruited when I was back in like my freshman year of high school, I had told my parents, I said, I don't want to do the cold. Um, now where I'm from in Arizona, we get snow maybe like once or twice a year. And then the snow's gone within the day because it heats up so much in the daytime. But um, being in the heat was a big thing for me. I was like, I need to get in the heat. I'm like, I'm not a cold girl at all. So it's definitely taken some adjusting to, you know, um, I think I jinxed us because I think t- like towards the beginning of February, I was like, wow, like hasn't snowed in a while. We're not, I'm like, <laughs> we've gotten through the snow phase. I'm like, we're gotten through it. I said, by the time March hits, like, we'll be good. Well, obviously that has gone the complete other way. Like, I feel like it snows every single day here. So I'm definitely making the most of it. I haven't minded it too much, but I definitely have my layers and I've bought in a few jackets since I've gotten here. <laughs> We're glad you're getting used to the snow. We're yeah. going to get a few more storms in there. Hey, your team's 11-6 and six so far, and you host Utah next week at home. First home game of the season. What have you learned about the rivalry between BYU and Utah? Well, I didn't know about the rivalry until about two weeks ago. Oh, so wow. I... We were, I was looking at the schedule, and then I just happened to ask one of the girls. I was like, so who's our rival? Like, they're like, really? And I was like, yeah, I'm like, I don't know. And they're like, it's Utah. And I was like, oh, my goodness. I said, that's our first home game. I said, okay, well, I guess we better step it up for that game. I'm like, now I know. I said, nothing personal against Utah, but now I know him as my rival, and that just makes it an even more exciting game. So, so have any of your teammates told you anything about the rivalry or just the fact that it was the University of Utah? I haven't heard too much about the rivalry. I've heard that. It kind of gets a little heated in a sense, but I haven't heard too much, but I'm excited to experience that next week. Um, I, I mean, rivalries are always good, you know? Hopefully they won't. there won't be any snow on the field when, when the two teams play. <laughs> oh, me and you both. I hope that too. <laughs> <laughs> are you excited, though, to, to play that first 
home game at Miller Field. Oh my gosh. I, I think we're all super excited for that. You know, we've been on the road for what, four weeks now. Um, and we get this off week to just kind of settle in and get back into those vibes to, of playing back here. Um, we're all super excited. Like just being on the road for four weeks straight is super hard. And to finally get the opportunity to play at home and in front of all of our fr- our fans, family, friends, it's going to be amazing. You're obviously very focused on this season, but next season you guys enter the Big 12. You compete against new teams. UCF will also be entering the Big 12. How do you feel about playing your former team next season, but this time wearing BYU blue? I'm definitely excited. I mean, um, it's it's going to be re- – I think it's going to be definitely really weird playing against girls that I played with for three years, but um, it will also be nice to see some familiar faces out there that I haven't been able to see in a long time. It was definitely hard leaving that program. Um, obviously, I don't get to see some of the friendships I've made, um, made really a lot of friendships while I was out there, and so I don't get to see those girls very often or at all. So it will be nice to see them again, but it will definitely be weird. Um going against them for sure maddie let's be honest you say you miss those teammates and maybe you even miss the weather out there but in reality it's you you miss gator world in orlando is that the real reason (laughs) right (laughs) right exactly that's honestly one of my favorite places to go me and my parents every time my parents would go out there we would be at gator world so (laughs) (laughs) hey you have 20 hits three triples and a home run so far this season uh, those are great things to talk about, but what's been your favorite moment? Any of those moments or, or something else? Um, I think my favorite moment so far was hitting my first home run as a BYU Cougar at ASU, just because as an a- a- uh, Arizona native, um, I've never, I've never been to the state of Arizona without going home and to have, I had so many family, so many friends out there supporting me and, to just be there in my home state to hit that home run, it meant so much to me. I had my two younger brothers out there, my parents, grandparents, aunts, uncles, you name it, were out there supporting me. So that definitely meant a lot to me. I was trying all weekend to get a home run, and I think it sometimes I was trying a little too hard to get a home run, but then it finally came through. So I was, that definitely meant a lot to me. Okay, you're a black belt in karate, which is so incredible. <laughs> how do, I want to know, how do those skills translate into softball, if at all? Um, I think it definitely made me tough and mentally tough. Um, I did karate for a long time growing up before I switched to softball. And you you learn so much in karate, like discipline, mental toughness, everything. So that definitely transferred over to um, my softball career. Um, before I went to softball, though, I did my dad did put me in kickboxing and boxing for a little bit. So those hmm. two sports definitely made me a lot tougher. Holy cow. I don't think anyone's going to want to mess with you, whether it's on the diamond or <laughs> off the diamond. Do, do you like bright? You're like, hey, by the way, I'm a, I'm a black belt. Just wanted to let you know yeah. I'm also into kickboxing. Yeah. You ever tell people that? <laughs> oh, all the time. That's like my most interesting fact I got. Besides breaking my <laughs> nose twice, that's like my go-to fun fact. How did you break your nose twice? Now I got to know. Well, first time I broke it playing hacky stack with my um, club team. And then the second time I thought I was, it was my, maybe my freshman year or sophomore year of college. And I was like, I want to take my face mask off of my helmet. And my mom the week before, or the week I took it off, um, she's like, dude, do not take it off. You're going to get hit in the face. I'm like, no mom, like, it is so cool to have your face mask off. Like I'm doing it. Like my nose isn't going to break. 
week later I took a ball to the face and it's broken and it still is broken. I never got to get it fixed. So, <laughs> Oh my gosh. Summary of that is my mom is always right. So if she's listening, if she's listening to this at all, hopefully that doesn't go to your head, mom. <laughs> <laughs> how, wait, how did you break it playing hacky sack? Did someone like kick you or <laughs> I got an elbow to the face. Oh my goodness. Wow. Yeah. Oh, okay. Has this affected your singing and all? And here's the reason why. On your UCF bio, you said your go-to karaoke song is This Girl is on Fire. Is your singing voice still okay even with two broken noses? Oh, you know, I can't breathe very well, but that doesn't hurt the vocals. Okay. So now it's time for you to belt out the chorus. Go ahead. We're, we're waiting for you. <laughs> no, this Girl is on fire. <laughs> there we go. I didn't get to warm up, but there you go. Put me on the spot. Oh, I am impressed. I love that you <laughs> did that. Oh my gosh, you're 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 come becoming quickly one of my favorite softball players ever. Okay, so oh, this girl you. on fire is is your go to karaoke song. But I am obsessed. I love walk up songs. I love them. I think that's one of the funnest parts of baseball and softball. What's your walk up song? Oh, so um, I did Pretty Girl Rock. Um, and my second one is Bitty Bitty Bum Bum by Selena. Selena has always been one of my favorite singers and mm. being a Hispanic woman, I've always idolized her. Um, so I definitely wanted to pay some respects to her and kind of do that one with her. And then Pretty Girl Rock was just, uh, just for fun. <laughs> <laughs> You're an outfielder. D does it ever get boring out there? I mean, when, when we think softball, Lots of strikeouts, but also lots of home runs. I mean, does it ever get a little bit boring when you're just kind of standing out there and maybe you're practicing your 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 karaoke or anything while you're out there? Well, my thought process is if it's boring, it's good because that means our pitchers are dealing, right? <laughs> but, mm -hmm. um, you know, me and Violet, we always crack up because me and Violet go crazy out there. Like, um, me and her are always making eye contact and going crazy out there, jumping up and down when our pitcher in the mound is dealing – and we always like will come back and we're like, dang, like we feel so left out. Like we're just out here like screaming our heads off and we're like, nobody probably even hears us. But um, I think if it's boring, it's pretty, pretty good, though. It's pretty good because if I'm not getting any balls or anything, that means our pitcher is dealing up there. So. Well, it sounds like you and you entertain yourself regardless of what's happening <laughs> exactly. in the infield. <laughs> All right. My last question is, what's something you are really excited for? When you look at this team that you're currently playing for now, what are you most looking forward to as the season progresses on? I just think the potential that we have is phenomenal. I've never been part of such a talented team and such a fantastic group of girls. Like, honestly, we're we're in control of what is what's going to happen with our future here this season. So, just seeing how this will all play out, I know all of our all of us all all of us one through twenty seven. I think we have. Um, have the same goal in mind, and that's getting to the World Series. And I truly believe, like that's something that we're fully capable of, and we can we can take this team however far we want to. And just seeing how um, the future takes place, I think that's just going to be really exciting for us. I'd love to see it. We're talking to BYU softball's outfielder Maddie Bejarano. Maddie, you were incredible. You were so entertaining, and we're super excited to watch you the rest of the season. Thank you so much for having me. And that does it for us today. Thanks again to Maddie Bejarano for coming on the show with us. You can join the Cougar Tailgate wherever you get your podcasts on Apple, TuneIn, Stitcher, Spotify, or on BYUradio.org. Cougar Tailgate is a production of BYU Radio.